Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And Herman, the righty, deals to the plate. Ground ball to third. Donaldson has it. Throws the first. This is the Rich Eisen Show. He's just so fun to watch at his craft. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Earlier on the show, senior NBA writer for The Athletic, Sam Amick. Coming up, Packers linebacker, Rashawn Gary. Legendary broadcaster, Bob Costas. Actor, Travis Van Winkle. And now... It's Rich Eisen. Uh, yes, hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. Sam Amick of The Athletic giving us some great insight on what was happening with Damian Lillard. Uh, he says this thing could pop by early next week, if not over the weekend, with the Blazers and Damian Lillard. That, that That's all the runway they're going to give Joe Cronin to see what they can come up with in the first 48 hours of free agency. And if it's not to... Damien's satisfaction, he might say, all right, trade me. Um, so lots happening on that front. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. We'll take your phone calls this hour. Bob Costas will be calling in about 18 minutes' time to talk about Shohei Otani's remarkable season and also the fact that it's the 22nd anniversary of the film that he, uh, he started and finished back in the day. 22 years ago, Pootie Tang hit theaters with Bob Costas. That'll be a lot of fun. Don't miss that here on the program. But uh, we kick off Mike Del Tufo. Uh, you're from what part of New Jersey again, Mike Del Tufo? Uh, Livingston. Livingston, North New Jersey. Jersey. Okay. Uh, this gentleman, born in uh, born in Plainfield, uh, played 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 high school um, uh, a bit at Scotch Plains Fanwood High, uh, the pride of Paramus Catholic High School, Very on his way to the University of Michigan now. By way of Green Bay, where he's getting set to start his fifth season in the National Football League. He is none other than Rashawn Gary. How are you, Rashawn? How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on your show. I am thrilled to have you on this program. Um, so uh, let's just jump into it. How are you a different player now than when you first came out of Michigan, Rashawn? Um, number one, just, you know, just the understanding of my football knowledge from you know, just my, just understanding um, what's coming to me, how to defend it, um, understanding, uh, you know, how I want to get uh, offensive alignment opened up. So just over, just understanding my pass rules, what I need to um, do to be successful. And I just learned that, you know, over the couple of four years, going on five now, and, you know, I just kept getting better year in and year out. Getting better year in and year out. What, what would you say – to Packers fans right now who are wondering what this team's going to look like for the first time without Aaron Rodgers, Rashawn. Yeah, for the Packers fans out there that's even, you know, sweating and nervous, don't be nervous because everybody in the organization that's in that building every day is putting in the work to make sure we have the season that Green Bay used to have and that's going to the playoffs and going to the Super Bowl and nothing has changed. And um, I just can't wait to see Jordan Love go out there and put his hard work out there because I've been seeing him from the time he walked in the Green Bay getting better day by day and now he's our leader and 
he's been he's been controlling it. I've just been loving seeing uh, his growth every step. Okay, now let's jump into that. Uh, what have you seen out of Jordan Love that makes you think you're going to be just as good and a playoff team? Give me that one, just, Rashawn. Yeah, number one is just how he has the respect from his teammates and how he has everybody ready to go to war for him. Um, you know, as a quarterback, you know, the tempo is set off of him. So just his, you know, how he's handling the huddle, how, you know, everybody's listening to him. He's called, he's calling out protection. You know, off the run is breaking it down and checking it back to what he said and just seeing this, you know, confidence, you know, his five step drop back, stand down, uh, understanding his read, understanding where not to throw the ball, where to throw the ball. And so far through OTAs, from what I've seen, his hard work in the offseason, just his years of preparation is, you know, is coming along. So I just can't wait for him to go out there and get his opportunity. Well, and obviously he's going to get that opportunity. It's finally time. Uh, and, and what's your relationship been with him? since he got drafted. I mean, he got he got drafted, if I'm not mistaken, the year right after you, Rashawn. So you've been around him a while, you know. So yeah. what do you what do you have for me on, on on that front where where he's he what what's your relationship been like with him about uh with knowing him under the helmet? Yeah, um, you know, Jordan Love, man, he's a down to earth guy, you know, genuine, really cares and very passionate about his job. And from Day one, you could tell, you know, the frustration of, you know, every player, you know, you get drafted first round and, you know, he wants to be great now. He wants, you know, everybody to see how great he is now. But, you know, you get into certain circumstances. And for him, you know, he was able to come come in and watch a Hall of Fame and watch how he's able to work. And, you know, some of the things that he's like, like Aaron, uh, mannerisms he's took in and, you know, put underneath his belt and added his little swag to it. But just seeing his composure of understanding um, what it is to be a first-round pick and what it is just to keep your head down and work every day and not listen to what reporters are saying and actually coming in day in and day out, listening to what the coach is saying, getting feedback from his teammates to become a better player. Well, you also know what it's like to terrorize a quarterback, Rashawn. You know what it's like to you know, uh, recognize a weakness and exploit it. So would you say Jordan Love, from your perspective, is ready to face people like you on a week-in, week-out basis? Um, to answer that question, I'll say, as of right now, what I've been seeing in OTAs, yes, he's on the way of getting ready because we still have a couple months, well, basically a couple weeks before we head back right. from mid-camp. So, you know, he understands what he needs to correct from OTAs. So I just can't wait to see this Jordan Love come back to camp and maybe we have another interview with camp. I can give you a better answer. Okay, very good. And so, and, and that's, that's straight up honest. I appreciate that. And um, last one for you on this. Is there any sort of... I'll use the word benefit in the fact that whatever was going on between Aaron Rodgers and the Packers and the questions about his, you know, long-term plans to stay there or short-term plans to stay there benefit in the fact that this, you finally got an answer that that is now out the door and it's something completely different to focus on Rashawn Gary. Um, yes. To answer your question is good to understand um, who's our starting quarterback, uh, the direction of the team is going. So we understand that. And like I said, throughout those OTAs, we've been attacking and making sure day by day we're chipping and uh, we're uh, sculpting what we want to sculpt. So uh, I say yes, just to understand. We understand uh, where we need to uh, go from now. And then what about the defense? Tell me, is there going to be any discernible difference uh, between last year, this year, um, anything that uh, you want to give – Cheesehead Nation, a heads up about on that front, Rashawn. Uh, just to be honest with our defense, um, our defense has been solid throughout the years. But this year, um, you know, 
we're very comfortable. Um, now I think everybody on our defense has about three, you feel me, to two years of experience, maybe four on our defense, you know, not counting the old guys. <laughs> mm. But, uh, man, just, just uh, getting back out there, watching guys fly around, understanding the type of defense we want, it's going, it's going to be scary. It's going to be more physical, more fast, and more explosive than the folks on taking away the ball. More explosive, huh? Yes, sir. Okay. Sean Gary of the Green Bay Packers here on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk about you a little bit here. You got your degree, huh? Rashawn? Yeah, one more time. You got your degree from the institution of higher learning known as the University of Michigan, right, Rashawn? Absolutely, absolutely. I, I had some time this offseason, and, you know, one thing uh, before I even committed to Michigan, I told my mom I'd get my degree. You know, I didn't get it. Uh, my three years I was there, so I'm just happy I was able to go back, you know, and uh, get that done for her and get that done for me. I think I'm seeing that photograph right here from your Instagram. <laughs> right there. Yeah, great moment. So walk me through that moment. What were you, I mean, look at the smiles on your faces right there. Um, what was that moment like for you? You said great, but let's put a little bit more meat on the bones there, if you don't mind. Yeah, uh, just going back to Michigan, uh, going down State Street again, you know, visiting spots like Mr. Spots, you know, just, <laughs> just giving me, you know, nice little trip down memory lane and also, you know, having my mom there and understanding, you know, the few years that I put uh, – Put in Michigan as a student, um, as an athlete, and just you know, just being there, it was it was great. And uh, just having my mom there and her personally understanding, uh, you know, my struggles academically, you know, with me being dyslexic and just how I was able to push through everything, it just made everything better. Where's the diploma right now? Right now, it's hanging in her office in, uh, in Atlanta, Georgia. It's in her office. Yeah, it's in her office. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's fantastic. It's in her office. Okay. While you're focused on your office in Lambeau Field. Fantastic. I love it. Um, Who's the toughest offensive lineman for you to go against that you found in your first four years in the NFL that you give a shout out to on that front, Rashawn? First four years. um, Well, first four years, I'm going to give uh, my respect to David Bacciari. There you go. (laughs) Yes. My teammate, um, he... He done showed me so much, done taught me so much, and just like helped help me in terms of my knowledge of football, helped me in my passions, understanding the, you know, see things the offensive lineman is giving me, and you know it's good having an all pro tackle like that at a high, uh, playing at a high level as he is, or, you know, feedback and go back and forth with. So I give it to Dave. Okay, very good. And then which quarterback have you enjoyed sacking the most, Rashawn? Which one? Mm. Enjoy sacking the most. Yes. I don't know. I like Matt Stafford. You know, okay. I'm trying to get. I'm trying to get a little close to Justin Fields. Okay. You know? Okay. I'm trying, I'm trying to get get a little closer to the golf a little bit more. Okay. You know, I, I need to give him a couple calls, but yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to become best friends with these guys, man. What do you mean you become best friends? <laughs> what do you got? What do you mean? I'm just. I'm just. Just let them know. Like, don't be too scared. Don't be too scared. I ain't going to hurt you, man. <laughs> so you want to get, you know, in their proximity is what you're saying? You want to get close? Yeah, I just want them, I just want them to feel me looking around and I'm going to be around all day. It's going to be a long day. Just, you know, watch out for five, two. If I don't hit you, I'm going to be near you. If I hit you, I'm going to come back again. Okay. Get comfortable with his presence is yes. what he's saying. Right? Uh, I, yeah. I, I, I think I'm picking that up, yeah. TJ.
Did you ask them questions like, how are you? How's the fam? Is that what you're saying? Like, that's how, that's that friendly? That's how friendly? Yeah, you know, once I help them off the ground, you know, how you doing? Keep going. <laughs> you know, and I'm going back to Huddle Game Opera. Okay. I like it. Very good. Trying that's to get a Michigan cl- man for you, Rich. Well, I, I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm, hearing, I'm hearing great things about what's coming out of Ann Arbor this year, Rashawn. What are you hearing? What are you hearing about that? Just like, just me being a Michigan man and seeing what Jim Harbaugh has done with the program. And like I said, man, we, we got the win against the guys, you know, Ohio State. And then just us, you know, back-to-back, you know, going to the Big Ten. That's something we always preached. And it's happy. I'm happy to see it that it's finally coming into fruition. That's something I always believe. And every player that's in there, they understand they're wearing that wing helmet for everybody that played before before uh, before them. Mm-hmm. And that's who paved the way. So just that that uh, organization in terms of Michigan is having the players understand it's a way of work, why they work, and the way they're trying to get to is great. And I've just been loving, uh, you know, college football season, how they go out and attack it, me being a Michigan man. Rashawn Gary, thanks for the time. Have a great uh, rest of your summer. Let's let's look for my call. I will call you back in, in training camp and ask you the same question if you think Jordan Love is, in fact, ready. I know you're – you know, you gave Bakhtiari a shout-out as well you should. He is uh, a great teammate, great veteran in this league with a with a lot more runway hopefully left for him in his career. He, he said he's not afraid to use the word rebuilding of what you're doing there because I think that's out of respect for Rodgers. Anybody else that comes in will be part of a rebuild. He said that's not a bad thing. What, what do you think of that subject matter, Rashawn? Yeah, like I said, um, you know, he's tired to his own opinion. But like I said throughout OTAs and – the team, everybody has the same mindset, man. Get get Green Bay attractive, have you back in the ways. So it don't matter who's back there, you know, taking the snaps. Of course, we everybody love Aaron. You know, he's a Hall of Famer, like I said. I didn't learn so much from Aaron, but now it's drawing love time, and now it's, you know, time to step up and watch what he's going through. Rashawn, Gary, go blue. Congrats on that degree. Congrats. Appreciate you. Congrats, you. Congrats to your mom, too. That's Rashawn Gary here from the Green Bay Packers on the Rich Eisen Show. Shout out Mr. Spots on State Street. You've been there, Chris. That's where we went after the game. That place was phenomenal. Dude, that's where we got the, the cheesesteaks. Yes. I didn't know the name of it. Mr. Spots. Now you say it. That, well, that's why he's like, when I went and back to school. watering. That's when he, I went back to school. <laughs> he, gave, he gave Mr. Spots a, a shout out before the team and his degree. Well, I've had the cheesesteak. It's deservedly so. The waffle fries. We need to go back. I think, uh, I think you're right. <laughs> now then. Hold on a second. As you say that, you want to go back. You want to spend time in the warm embrace of Jim Harbaugh and the football uh, program. Well, I've that said, was great. I've, that I've was great. Lot, I've said a lot of things no, since no, but, then. Uh, uh, uh. So you know. now, I don't know if you're aware, Bruce Feldman let this out on the Move the Sticks podcast, talking to Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. You know, Michigan has, as well you might, a, a beat Ohio drill in practice. Okay, a period. A period called Beat Ohio, which we love using the word Ohio. It offends Buckeye fans because they're not only Ohio State, they're the Ohio State. There's an Ohio University that is famous for Peter King graduating from it. They cross out the M's. It's really weird. Uh, but Right. There's a Beat Ohio. Right. They got very upset. There's a Beat Ohio period. Focuses the guys on, on the very important week. Apparently, Jim Harbaugh has now added a Beat Georgia period during practice. Oh, have they ever played? They have. As you remember, uh, famously on a New Year's Eve a couple of years All ago, right. what happened? Didn't that? go very well. Yeah. But I kind of dig it. I dig it. 
Because I'll tell you what, I, I'll be very honest with you. When I first arrived at Michigan in 1986, I kept thinking to myself, why do they view the Rose Bowl as the ultimate? Why are they talking about right. winning the Big Ten and the Rose Bowl being the ultimate? That's always was the focus. Let's make the Rose Bowl. Let's win the Rose Bowl. That's the year. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why aren't we talking national championships around here? And then we started to get number one and win if a you Rose win Bowl. The Rose Bowl, usually you're going to be that in was the, mix. the idea, yeah, right. It was a different era, but I was it, it was kind right. of just off putting to me, you know, as a Yankee fan used to winning World Series in my youth. Oh, so many. Again, glory, if you remember, it's 1986. Glory 1986. Glory days. So I was beginning to wonder that. And I kind of dig that Jim's like, okay. Okay. I'm sure Al- a bigger Alabama's here. probably offended Maybe, by that. I don't know, right? but George is the back-to-back champions one year, curb-stomping Michigan on the way to their first of the two titles yeah. in a row. You got to respect that at least, right, Chris? Well, I'm, where, I'm in. Where he's having a... Am I the Georgia mouthpiece now? No. Yeah, sure, go ahead. Yes, you are. You are. I don't think... It's like the Don Draper gif. I don't think Georgia I, spends one second thinking about Michigan. I agree. I'm I'm with you on that. I don't with think... With all due respect. I, I don't think it's yeah. disrespectful at all. I don't think it's disrespectful at all. Think, They're not think, sitting there in the heart of SEC country thinking about Michigan or or Ohio State. Nope. I think it's beat Alabama and we win the national championship. Right. I think so. And when you say beat Alabama, when do they play them? In the game that matters. Uh Uh-huh. If if they meet. In the SEC championship It's not. At least Michigan knows they're playing Ohio State at least once. Well, they're in the same division. Again, we have to just keep going over this. But I do dig that. I heard that beat Georgia. I'm like, what all is right. The drill? Is it, or is I have it no just idea. The... It's not a drill. It's a period. Oh, like, okay. hey, it's the beat Georgia period. So I let's see. focus in. This is going to be a task that we're going to try and uh, mount. Interesting. Should we have to mount it? <laughs> you know, this is an achievement. We're going to have to beat. This is the period in which we beat the national champions. What about? I the, dig it. What about the beat TCU uh, period? Uh huh. <laughs> When's that? Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. I don't know. Uh, we're not scheduled to play them. Oh. Mm-hmm. Just like- All right. Where's the pizza? 844- no, I'm, I'm walking into it. I understand. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Bob Costas hey. on the subject matters of Shoei Otani and the 22nd anniversary of Pootie Tang. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. 
Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash eisen. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Hi, everybody. Rich Eisen here. Hello. Hello. Started watching Shrinking. Okay. Harrison Ford is funny. Yeah, Harrison Ford's good, right? I've heard good things about Uh, that one. It's, you know, it's a very Ted Lasso feel to it because, you know, Brett Goldstein is who plays Roy Kent is a creator and writer along with Jason Siegel and Bill Lawrence who helped create. Is is Roy Kent in it? I haven't seen him yet. Okay. Four episodes in, I have not seen him yet, but it's very Ted Lasso, where like commercial music is played during scenes and oh, a lot right. of, a lot of quick scenes, a lot of quick moments. It's very similar cadence to Ted Lasso. Okay, but just Harrison Ford is just—he's eighty. I know that. Indiana Jones comes out today. I'm going to see it this weekend. Nice. I plan on it. I put up a poll. I said that to Sue's because you know the kids are all in camp. Right. I'm like, do you just... Popcorn I, movie, go. I can't remember the last time I said to Susan, do you just want to go to a movie, just the two of us? You should date your wife. That's what this, this two-week period is about. That's what people say. What? That you should date your wife. That's what people say. About me specifically? No, about just everyone. Just in general? Just everyone. What about you? I would like to do that too. <laughs> Not your wife, mine. Understood. <laughs> uh, I put up a poll. Uh, if you could only see one movie this summer in the theaters, Ooh. Indiana Jones or Mission Impossible. Huh. Because okay. that comes out in two weeks. Comes out in two weeks. I can't wait to see that one, too. Same. When was the last time you saw the first Mission Impossible? Uh, a few months ago. With I think the it, was, it was on cable. The knock, and the, oof, where he falls down, you know, he's doing the thing. He's doing with, the thing. Yeah, with John Reno sweat. trying to keep him up. Yeah, he's sweating. Oh, my gosh. Great movie. That is a hell of a scene. John Voight. Before he went insane? Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Great anyway, movie. Fifty three forty seven right now. MI's winning. Is that right? I mean, see, I mean I'm gonna see both, but if I can only see one Indiana uh, Jones in the theater. I don't know. Yeah, baby. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show Radio Network, sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk, furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. You just put up a poll on at Rich Eisen Show, right? I did, I did about a half hour ago. Uh, Indiana Jones comes out tonight. You could only see one movie this summer. Yes. Indiana Jones or Mission Impossible comes out in two weeks. If this show had existed 22 years ago today, and if there was Twitter, <laughs> you would have included Pootie Tang in that poll. I would have. Because it was <laughs> 22, year, blockbuster. 22 years ago that that movie, shall I say, unspooled for Oof, everyone's yes. viewing pleasure. And uh, this is the only human being on the planet who could pull off this double dip talking about the remarkable season and placing in perspective the remarkable season of Shohei Otani, as well as talking about the movie that he was in 22 years ago today, the great Bob Costas back here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you, Bob? 
you know, that made it sound as if Shohei Otani was in Pootie Tang. <laughs> no, that's and true. Was somehow missing on the credits along with Wanda Sykes and Chris Rock and J.B. Smooth, which would be an outrage. Well, or or the the I guess uh, unique battery of Otani and Pootie Tang, I, but I don't think the Angels have a catcher named Pootie Tang. I don't believe. I don't no, know. I believe they would say about that. They would say the Nano, my baby. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Bob uh, Costas has arrived here on the program. All right, let's he... let's take Otani first. Uh, let's let's yeah. jump in there. Is there in any way, shape, or form? A comp. You know how we talk comps in this business, right? Yeah. How how do you place in perspective what we are seeing from Shohei Otani in 2023, Bob? There is no comp because Babe Ruth, who was on a Hall of Fame track as a pitcher in the early part of the 20th century, never really did pitch and bat simultaneously at anything like the level Otani has. Now, Ruth's batting exploits in the context of his time are greater than anything Otani is even doing now in this remarkable streak he's on or period of time that he's on. Ruth stands alone in that respect, his statistics in the 20s and early 30s as a hitter. But he never did it simultaneously. There were a handful of pitching performances after he joined the Yankees, but the Hall of Fame pitching performances are as a Red Sox. That's really the only historical comp. Now, if you want to say that as a hitter, and since he doesn't play the field, he's not the player that Willie Mays was, or a pre-steroid Barry Bonds, or Hank Aaron, or a healthy Mickey Mantle, or whoever you want to mention, or Mike Trout, his teammate, for that matter, when Trout was at his very best, or that as a pitcher, remarkable as he is, he's not Sandy Koufax, or he's not Pedro Martinez or Randy Johnson at their best or historically difficult as it is to compare eras, that he's not Walter Johnson or Christy Mathewson. But nobody has ever been simultaneously both a hitter and a pitcher at anything like the level that Otani has achieved. Plus, he's doing it in a modern era, which makes comparisons difficult to begin with. The the word unicorn has been thrown around about him for years now, and it's actually the best one. He is – people use the word unique. Like, they'll, they'll say it about something it's very unique. Mm. No, unique takes no modifiers. It's either unique or it isn't. Okay? So most of the time when someone says something is unique or somebody's unique, they're not. Otani is unique. He definitely is, Bob. I, I, I honestly can't stress enough to this audience, as I did at the top of yesterday's program, just how not normal this activity is. He is truly unbelievable and and mm-hmm. certainly in light of the fact that when he first started the general sense of it was well he can't do this for more than just a year so just enjoy the year that he's hitting and pitching you know mm-hmm. and, and he, he's gotten better and he doesn't seem any show any sign of of diminishing returns at all no at all no and when some team signs him uh, now the best guess is $600 million yep. over 10 years or whatever, it is entirely possible to your point or your implied point mm. that at the back end of that contract, maybe the second half of that contract, he will not be the Otani we are seeing now. But for the time being, he is clearly the most valuable player in all of baseball. When I was on your show last year and there was a Judge Otani argument, I said, and I think correctly, 
the judge deserved to be the MVP last year yes. because MVP is most valuable player of a given season, not who's the best overall player in baseball. If that were the case, Willie Mays would have won the MVP or shared it with Hank Aaron every single year for like 20 years in the National League. MVP is a single-year question. And last year, especially given where their respective teams were, Aaron Judge was the American League's most valuable player. But Shohei Otani, by a wide margin, even given the likes of Ronald Acuna Jr. and others, Shohei Otani, by a wide margin, is the best player, and year to year during this portion of his career, the most valuable player in all of baseball and also the most valuable business property. Nobody moves the needle for baseball as an entertainment product and as possibly a fan base expanding individual like Otani does. If you could read Rob Manfred's mind, and he said there's only one one current player that you can put on the lifeboat, hmm. that player is going to be Shohei Otani. Bob Costas, Hall of Fame broadcaster right here on the Rich Eisen Show. And that's what makes this scenario or moment unique. Notice I didn't say more unique or quite yes. unique. Just I think I did that properly. Um, is the fact that he, we have sung all the proper hosannas here, Bob, and he could be on the trading block in a month if the Angels don't continue to win. I mean, just again, last night, he and Trout hit back-to-back triples in the first inning, and they lost yeah. by six runs. It's just uh, unbelievable sometimes how you see two of the best players of a generation hitting in the mm-hmm. same lineup, let alone protecting one another in the lineup and the team doesn't win consistently enough. What are you hearing yeah. or believing about that subject matter of Otani and the trade deadline that looms, Bob? Yeah, it's long, it's long been the consensus opinion that the Angels have no shot at keeping him, in large part because they haven't been able to build a consistent contender or a contender at all, although they're certainly in the wild-card mix now. When you think about a possible trade deadline deal, if you're the team acquiring him, you have to have a very strong sense that you have a good chance to sign him. Otherwise, you're going to have to give up something that makes makes it look like what the Padres gave up for Juan Soto to the Nats a while back, like nothing, like a pittance. Are you going to empty your farm system and plus include some useful present major league players? to acquire Shohei Otani for half a season and then maybe not make the playoffs and get bounced out in the wild card or divisional round, and now you've gutted your team and Otani winds up someplace else. So I think the actual market, given those circumstances for a trade, is less than people would think it would be. Would every team like to have him? Yeah. Do only a handful of teams have even a realistic shot at retaining him? That's also true. Now look at it from the Angels' perspective. Artie Moreno, A, has a team that has a chance, at least as we speak, to get to October, uh, which baseball would love to showcase Otani especially, but also Trout. If he were to trade him, it sends a terrible message to his fan base. He just gave up. What Moreno can do is hang on to him and then say, look, we made every effort to re-sign him. This is what we put on the table. We did everything. We emptied our pockets. If he stays, hallelujah. If he doesn't and he leaves, you can't blame us, and we wish him well. I think that's the most likely scenario. What would a free agency tour for Shohei Otani look like, Bob? <laughs> well, I think, it invo- 
I think it involves both New York teams. Yes, it does. Although perhaps Steve Cohen is chastened. Money does not buy happiness <laughs> at City Field, apparently. But it will involve both New York teams. It might very well involve Seattle, which has shown a willingness to make bold moves and spend. And there's a very large Asian um, fan base there. Mm-hmm. Although Otani is a has across-the-board appeal. I don't want to limit it to that. Of course. It's a big deal when someone like Ichiro comes along because he was the first Japanese position player of any consequence, non-pitcher, to come to the American Major Leagues, and then he turns out to be a Hall of Fame talent. So any team would want to have him, but you have to have the market. You have to have some place that's comfortable. You have to have a team that is an immediate contender, not building toward contender status. So once you check all those boxes, uh, you've reduced it down to only a handful of the 30 teams. Sure, you'd have the Dodgers would obviously be in the mix, yeah. the Angels. Yeah. Uh, um, um, you know, there could be uh, another Giants. team. Giants, yeah. And, I, I and, should have mentioned the Dodgers. That's obvious. Some people, Rich, think that part of the reason the Dodgers let Trey Turner go and have reduced payroll somewhat, it's all relative, is that they're saving up to make a run at Shohei Otani, which is – logical yeah no no question about that um and we were just thinking about it on yesterday's show as well what it, the free agency tour would look like just in new york when otani arrives maybe you know out there uh at uh, teterboro airport <laughs> coming over mm-hmm. the george washington bridge the yankees and mets jockeying for the first you know first visit with him do you read into who visit and he goes from the mets to the yankees it, it, he'd be followed by cameras everywhere, I would yeah. think, and front back pages. And this would probably happen as the Jets and Giants were finishing up the season, hopefully for both teams, a playoff run. And and that's the question about whether Otani would be into that. Does he like playing baseball down the street from Disneyland where, you know, there's an Orange County Register reporter, maybe, some, you know, an L.A. Times reporter, mm-hmm. some international interest and. In, that's about it. Like, not a lot of long-time listener, first-time callers yeah. flipping out over an 0 for 4. You know, like, I, Boston obviously would have to be involved in this free agency tour as well. Just throw that in there. So, that's the question. What 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 do you know about his interest level in that type of atmosphere, do you think? I, I can't pretend to have any real insight into that on a personal level. I have never met nor spoken uh, to Otani. Hmm. Um, but your point is correct about New York. The tabloids would have a field day with it. And his personal sensibility plays into this, as you've just said. If he just wants some peace and quiet, he's going to make a gazillion dollars no matter what. If he just wants some peace and quiet and a chance to be the best baseball player he can be, which is an historic baseball player, maybe he doesn't choose the biggest stage or the biggest spotlight. Bob Costas here on the Rich Eisen Show. All right, I'm going to do my best, make the transition from Otani to the 22nd anniversary of the unspooling, yeah. I think is the proper word, in theaters near you, of Pootie Tang. And um, I'm speaking to one of the stars, I'll say it, mm-hmm. of Pootie Tang and you, Bob Costas. Uh, yeah. How, how did you get involved <laughs> in, in Pootie <laughs> Tang, Bob? How did that happen? Well, well, knowing of my extensive filmography, which even at that time in the early 2000s included the near Oscar nominated basketball alongside Al Michaels uh, and an appearance in the scene with Jason Robards and Glenn Close in the paper. Oh, leave aside the fact that 
it was me standing at a urinal when Glenn <laughs> mistakenly walked into the men's room at Radio City. It's a very long story, but Ron Howard called me literally the day before. He said, are you in New York? I said, yeah. Mm-hmm. He said, do you have a tuxedo? I said, as it happens, I was at a banquet last night. I do have a tuxedo. Put it on and come over to Radio City tomorrow at 3 o'clock. So that's how that happened. Now, regarding Pootie Tang, Chris Rock calls me. It's Chris Rock. So, of course, I say yes. Mm-hmm. The title was... Uh, a little uh, interesting, especially in 2001 or two, but hey, it's Chris Rock. Um, and so as it turned out, it was very loosely, um, very loosely scripted. Uh, I sat with Pootie on the set of my then HBO show, yes, uh, and it framed the whole movie, the beginning scene and the end scene. And there wasn't really a script. There were just a couple to get to these things. And we had lived almost all of it. And got all of it in two takes. Just, two scenes. I was in gonna, two takes. And in forty in forty five minutes we were done. I was gonna ask how many takes it took for for these scenes to be one completed. Each. Okay. One each. So Chris Ryan, have you ever after sp- all, when when you have perfection, even Scorsese would just say cut. <laughs> so I, I did Chris get your number? Were you friendly with him? Or did you just answer yeah. your phone? And Let's just... put it this way. Yeah. Chris Rock can get anybody's number. That's but true. Yes. I had, I had interviewed Chris Rock before that. We had interacted uh, occasionally. If you want a parenthetical aside, since you seem to be kind of in a loose mode here. Yes, sir. There are people who can get anybody's number. The morning after Barry Bonds hit 756 to pass Hank Aaron, I was on the Today Show to talk about it. Yes. And Bill Roden, the New York Times, was taking kind of a pro-Barry Bonds position, like, there's nothing to see here. He's just the greatest home run hitter. And I countered that using logic and evidence. Okay. <laughs> now now I'm back at my apartment just a few minutes later. It's now maybe 8 o'clock in the morning Eastern time. And the phone rings. I say, hello. And the woman on the other end says, Mr. Costas? I say, Yes. Please hold on for President George H.W. Bush. Oh, wow. And on comes the unmistakable voice of the 41st president. But I'm thinking it's just Dana Carvey pranking me. (laughs) (laughs) And it takes it takes quite a while for this to sink in that it's really him. And I wish I could do an impression even half as good as Carvey's. But he's telling me how much he approves of what I said about Bonds and Aaron. And then, just to make small talk, George H.W. Bush then says, you know, Bob, I'm just sick about what they did to our pal Ted Williams. They froze his ass down there with some cryogenics in Arizona. I'm just sick about it, Bob. When a former president says that, I'm trying not to laugh. And I'm just, yes, Mr. President, I I share your concerns. Hey, what else can you say? Oh, my God. Oh, that is so funny. Uh, so that's fun. So you get a, a cold call from Chris Rock and George H.W. Bush. I mean, that's you, Bob. Right. That's, that's the, Not you... on the same day, but Rock, Rock invites me to take part in this movie. I, I don't hesitate for a second. Sure, what the heck? Oh, my gosh. And now it's kind of a cult classic. It is. You're not wrong. 22, 22 years later. So you said it was loosely yeah. um, delivered, right? Um, mm-hmm. So what is your your ad lib 
from Pootie Tang, Bob Costas, that you are most proud of? Actually, now that I think of it, there were three scenes. Mm-hmm. Two with Lance Crowther, Crowther mm-hmm. who was Pootie Tang, mm-hmm. and then one in the middle with the great Wanda Sykes, ah, who yes. played Biggie Shorty in the film. <laughs> um, I don't know. What was, what was my best ad-lib? Mm. Uh, I ad-libbed a, a series of, of background credits that Pootie Tang had, <laughs> and I believe I included crocheting and pottery among them. <laughs> To show what a well-rounded individual he oh, was. Oh, my God. Uh, and, and then at one point he started speaking pootie speak, mm-hmm. and and I had to correct him. Uh, <laughs> that that, he, that uh, I, at that point, by the end of the film, understood pootie speak apparently better than he did. <laughs> but none, none of it was scripted. Oh, now, it doesn't happen nearly as often as it used to. But in the first few years after the release of the film, I could be like in the jetway getting on a plane. Or sitting at a diner someplace, and someone might say, Bob, what a tay, my brother, what a tay. <laughs> and I would just have to respond, yes, my man, going to sign your pity on the runny kind. That isn't just... <laughs> it just, it sticks with you. It sticks with you. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. The paper, that's pretty cool. I forgot about that it, one. It was, it was very cool. And, you know, Academy Award winners. I guess Glenn Close never won an Academy Award. She's been robbed. She has like, been. Nominated 10 times. Yeah. Never won. Should have won multiple times. But anyway, Jason Robards and, and Glenn Close. And what was interesting about that, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, they had to do like five or six takes. So I had to, be, had to pretend to have to go desperately five or six times. Um, each time, Jason Robards did it exactly the same. The inflection, every word, down to the comma, exactly the same. But Glenn Close had little variations every time. Mm. And her last flourish was she realizes as she stops, looks around, oh, my gosh, I'm in this giant, ornate men's room. I'm where I don't belong. And on the take they used, she wheels around, and like there are in many kind of – elevated locations there was a basket with hand towels not paper towels a basket she'd walked in she'd not done anything she picked up a towel she pretended to wipe her hands and she threw it against the wall and walked out but if we'd done it a hundred times robards would have been exactly the same every time and she would have thrown in a little variation each time amazing bob bob thanks for the uh the time as always uh great to catch up with you uh have a great uh uh all-star break i guess and thank you you know and um uh, i was saying the other day that if ellie de la cruz has another good three weeks he should make the all-star game and then he uh he went like one for his next 14 so i think i put the ziggy on him but i love watching well, that kid may- play I maybe love- you did maybe you did but i think more and more the all-star <laughs> game is being seen as a showcase for the people that baseball wants the whole country to embrace. Right. The game doesn't mean all that much anymore. It's not the real national and American League rivalry because of player movement and interleague play. So you really want to get someone like Ellie Dela Cruz uh, to Seattle if you possibly can. While we're on the subject of baseball. Yes, sir. Can I throw this in here? It's kind of something to get off my chest. Oh, yes, Bob Costas. We last year we were talking about Aaron Judge and the MVP, but most important whether if he hit 62 as he did, some people would view that as the authentic home run record since everybody who has hit more than 62 yes. is directly connected to steroids. And you get this reaction now and then. And it's one thing if someone makes a cogent argument with which you disagree, but you can at least respect it. One of the dumbest things ever 
that's been out there forever is this. Oh, okay, so Bonds or Sosa or McGuire use steroids. But, hey, Hank Aaron and Willie Mays and Mickey Mantle have said that they use greenies. It's a wash. Case closed. Where was the distortion of baseball norms during their eras? None. Right. None. Zero. Okay? Amphetamines, whether you approve of them or not, amphetamines are a performance enabler. They allow you to do during a day game in August at the back end of a road trip what you could have done if you were fresh in May. There's no distortion. Steroids are a performance enhancer. And the evidence of that is so overwhelming that concluding that there's any any possible comparison between the two is only evidence of how dumb the person making that assertion is. Bob, I appreciate the two cents. And I'm, I'm, there you go. So I, I should say, Bob from St. Louis, you're on the air. It's your long, <laughs> t- long time listener, many, uh, many time caller. Um, thanks, Bob. I really appreciate it. The time and everything. You'd be well. Bob Costas, Hall of Famer, right here on the Rich Eisen Show. That's why I love doing this show. Let's get a 28-time Emmy Award winner, right? 29. 29-time Emmy Award winner on to talk about Otani and Pootie Tang, and he'll pound the table for um, old-school players and drop the word greenies on the way out the door. (laughs) That's the way we roll. Here on this edition of the Rich Eisen, you all love, always love talking to Bob Costas. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Back here on the program. Fun stuff with Bob Costas right there. Always is. Yes, sir. You're, what are you, were you adjusting your microphone over there? Yeah, it, was, it just needed to be tightened a okay. little bit. Very good. What's our poll results as it currently stands, poll Chris? Poll results as they stand. Uh, Indiana Jones or Mission Impossible, if you could only see one. I voted for Indiana Jones. If you could only see one. I'm old school. The fifty-three forty-seven right now. Mi's got a little slightly. I mean, when Indiana Jones was, you know, battling the Nazis, Tom Cruise is making all the right moves. You know what I mean? So, like, he even predates. True. Mission Impossible. You know what I mean? Like, this is old school. This is like, this is the last one of these. I think we're going to get Mi fifteen right at some point. As long as Tom keeps on wanting to dive off of planes on motorcycles and stuff like that. Have you heard the stories chasms. behind those stunts? They filmed them first. 
the first thing they shot in the movie in case there was a mishap and you know Tom didn't make it. So then what? Will, so they wouldn't have. So they, wa- they, they, they wouldn't have wasted. They'd hit. It, they'd hit a rewrite. Or they just wouldn't have wasted everyone's time filming half a movie only to have the star Come die on. midway through. Come on. Yeah. They filmed it first. That one where he does the motorcycle off the. Just side. in case. Just in case. Wow. Yeah. That's something else. Intense. Our greatest movie star of all time. Is that right? Tom Cruise. Uh, He's up there. Of all time? He's the greatest movie star of all time. Of all time. No one cares more about the movies and your experience at the movies than Tom Cruise. Is that right? I believe so. You got what do you got for pushback? I don't know. Yeah, I wasn't expecting this conversation. I, I understand. I'm not going to lie. I wasn't expecting this conversation. I mean, you put Harrison Ford up there. That's why I voted. I'll take it. He's 80. 80. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Kathy in Philadelphia has been hanging on for a while. What's up, Kathy? Hey, fellas. How's it going? What's Kathy, going on? Happening? Kathy. Well, well, first of all, Rich, you have to understand, Chris hasn't seen about... 70 years worth of actors because he won't watch anything in black and white. That's true. So Easy. His, Easy, his opinion of greatest ever is a tad skewed. There's a difference a between actor and movie star. I just want that pointed out for the record, Kathy. Movie star, Fair. Tom Cruise. Not Fair. actor, not Fair. actor. Tom Cruise, movie star. Um, and, and I would argue that the fact that Glenn Close has not won an Academy Award is a sign that we overvalue Academy Award wins. Oh, that's but true. That, by the way, did Costas get right the number of times Glenn Close was no, nominated? No, she's actually it was eight, not ten. By the way, yeah, I looked it up. I looked it up. I don't know. It's the, impressive because yeah. Bob knows facts about everything and and people. So, what's on your mind, Kathy? Otherwise, so 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 my my quick thought, and I know you're up against the hour, but Roger. I want to be a Debbie Downer. I want to be a Debbie Downer for just a second when it comes to the perfect game. Now, I I am a baseball fan like you guys. I'm not just a Phillies fan. I'm a baseball fan. So yes. I was actually watching the game because my dad is a is a diehard Yankees fan. Um, and th- there are two reasons why, in my mind, it's not a bigger story. First of all, the decline of people caring about baseball is is really sad. But you see it in attendance of the games all the time. It's not it's not something people care about anymore. To so make it, you know, the A block is not going to happen. And then especially when it happens with a guy that people don't know. But with, with this guy in particular, with Domingo Armand in particular, the two times that he's been in the news were for bad things. The first was obviously the, the domestic violence case. But then mm-hmm. earlier this year, he was widely mocked for being ejected for having the stickiest hands an ump has ever seen. Yep. And it's, it's hard to root for that guy. And, and as oh, a I pundit, understand. I would give a little grace and say, I can see why you're not pushing that story. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, and I, I hear you. I, 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 you know, that, that, that said, you, you think if it was, if it was Otani, I if, think. If it's Otani, I think everyone would, everyone would be talking about it because he's a star I, of the I game. I agree. I agree. Everybody would be losing their minds, even if it was somebody like Verlander, you know, or somebody on on the comeback. If if you know, if it was a, if it was a you know grizzled journeyman, people would be celebrating it. But it's it's just a guy who doesn't have the best PR, and you know, on a team that you know, with all due respect to the Yankees, aren't very good this year. Someone who really cares about how well the Yankees are doing. It's. It, it, it's all of these factors going up against him, whereas if it had been a player people want to root for, it would be good news. Kathy, thank you for the call and the, the two cents. 
How many players are there in baseball that would cause uh, people to lead their shows with a perfect game? Not just tweet about it, Instagram about it, huh? I think it's just one. I don't know about I that. I think it's Otani right now. I don't know about that. Verlander did it. Scherzer did it. Somebody, uh, uh, keep going. I mean, who would it be? Well, those guys. So nobody? Those guys, nobody. Play, for, those guys play for a big market team. If, so that if would it's be, just one person. If the Mets did it, it was a big deal. If a Met did it, it didn't, it didn't if help. If it was Garrett Cole, it would have been different? People would have led with it today? Who was it against? I mean, they were playing a double-A team last night, and it was on the West Coast that half the, the East Coast didn't watch. It's, it's just the 24th instant of it happening, instance of it happening for uh, for a sport that's been around since old Ross, you know, Ross Hadburn. I totally get it. It's, a, it's the hardest thing to do in all of sports, probably. Right. So, like, that's Jeez. a sad part. of That's a sad state of affairs if baseball has a, something that happens only – once every 10, 12 years now, and it's only happened 24 times since its inception, yeah, but, that there's a big national shrug because it's against a double-A team at late at night and a guy that has, uh, you know, a checkered, a checkered history. Yeah, so. It was, wow. A, it was a perfect storm of shrug emoji, I think, for Major League Baseball last night. Right. And unfortunately, because it's obviously the coolest thing ever, a perfect game. Mm-hmm. Okay. Travis Van Winkle of FUBAR on Netflix will be joining us in studio hour number three. Guys, what can you even compare a perfect game to in another sport? A hundred point game in the NBA? Not even like 80, an 80 point game. Because at least there have been a handful of those in the NBA history. We saw well, maybe 70. We saw a 70. 70 yeah. We saw 70 this year. So that that's probably more, but that's not even like perfection. Closer, yeah. There's still you're still missing you're shots still, unless you go like thirty for thirty. You well, know? I guess a missed shot would be the same as as a missed strike, a ball. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's not like it's not like Herman hit the strike zone every time he threw last night. I don't think there's anything that can compare. So there have been, there have been eight seventy point games in NBA history. That's probably the closest for basketball. I don't know what NFL is. I don't know what the NFL would be. Yeah, a 2,000-yard season for rushing? Yeah, but again, we're talking about Maybe. perfection. But that's a season. Man. Like we're talking about a game where you wake up one morning right, yeah. dangerous and then you do, you, do, you do something that is considered an achievement. There's nothing. You yeah. can't compare it to anything. Yeah. No, it could be also the, another, another example is uh, my hosting job yesterday. Glenn, what's or nuts? <laughs> that phone call. That. that phone call referring to Glenn Close as Glenn, what's or nuts? If, what, what if we hit that drop when Bob, during Bob's story about Glenn Close? And then I had to then explain to, to Bob that somebody referred to Glenn Close once as Glenn, what's or nuts? Bob would have hit me with the, oh, shut up. Oh, shut up. She was nominated 10 times, Glenn, what's or nuts? Glenn Close, eight, eight. Shut up.